Peace, love, and blessings, beautiful spirits. Thank you for tuning back in to the Spirits and Poetry Podcast. I am your host, Jorge Quintana, and this episode is dedicated to a year of eclipses. We just had a full moon eclipse in the moon of Scorpio. Changes are coming. Please, please, please rate the podcast on iTunes. It would greatly help with the growth of the podcast. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow the podcast at The Spirits and Poetry. And if you want to follow my own personal Instagram and TikTok, because I am on TikTok now, you can find me at Jorge Quintana Poetry. So we have a year of eclipses this year. We have four total eclipses. We had a partial solar eclipse on April 30th. We had just this past total lunar eclipse in uh, Scorpio. Um, That was May 15th through the 16th. I'm dropping this episode this Sunday, so I don't know the date off the top of my head, but it's about a few days away. We're going to have a partial solar eclipse October 25th, and then we also have another total lunar eclipse coming November 7th and 8th. So what does this mean? It means that this is a year of change. Things are coming up. Unforeseeable changes are happening. And I know that I, that I said I was going to go off the cuff this season, but I definitely wanted to do a little research, mainly focusing on what eclipses really mean. So, for example, what does this last lunar eclipse mean? Well, lunar eclipses, uh, it, it's described as the shadow of the earth falling across the face of the moon. This is a time where the subconscious comes to the surface. And if you're not familiar, the subconscious is also another word for, you know, we're talking about the shadow, the suppressed, the id, you know, the parts of the psyche, which we either try to ignore or which happen without us really noticing. Also, because it's in a full moon, full moons are the culmination of emotional cycles. It's a time of letting go of attachments. And so what happens during a lunar eclipse is that the sun blocks the illumination of the full moon, right? Normally you have this really bright moon, but the sun blocks it. And so what happens is during this time, we're seeing a reset of the current emotional cycle we are undergoing. And so this allows the shadow to reveal what is hidden underneath. And so this happened in the sign of Scorpio, which is ruled by Mars and Pluto. I'm going to be focusing more so on Pluto here because... Pluto represents death, and so Scorpio is a sign of transformation. So if we're talking about the water signs, Cancer is like the ocean, you know? Pisces, well, Pisces actually, fun fact, is not a water sign. It's represented by the element of ether, which is, uh, it's so much water-like that they call it water, but it's very different. But Cancer would be the full pulling of the tides. Pisces would be you going underneath, right, where the currents are strongest. And Scorpio would be the part of the ocean that is unexplored, that which is far beyond what we can see. A solar eclipse, on the other hand, is actually very similar. Our last uh, solar eclipse, or it was actually a partial solar eclipse, was on April 30th, and this happened during a Taurus new moon. And a new moon is a time of rebirth, new beginnings, fresh starts. So where the full moon is like, well, the moon has reached its apex, its peak, it's full, it's a time to let go. The new moon, when the moon is absent, it's a time of rebirth, new beginnings, fresh starts. This is a time to plant seeds. And solar eclipses are special because they're, they're about faithful and, and random changes. Anything can happen, unforeseeable consequences, you know, things come to surface. And because it was in a Torah, in the sign of Taurus, we we're seeing a lot of changes relating to values, possessions, resources, sense of worth. Taurus is about, I think of the family, I think about really holding it down, what makes you feel good and safe. But ultimately, eclipses are wild cards. 
fundamentally, I just I even if you don't follow astrology, I'm not a big follower of it. The takeaway is that this is a time of change. And obviously, we have two more eclipses this year. We have four total eclipses, two solar eclipses, two, lo- two lunar eclipses. We're seeing a lot of twos. This is the year 2022. So I want, also wanted to format or ground this episode on the number two because uh, the number two in numerology represents togetherness, partnerships, relationships, harmony, duality, polarity. And this year is vibrating at the number six because two plus zero plus two plus two equals six. That's how you get these numbers in numerology. And the number six represents domestic happiness, harmony, stability. And it comes with huge responsibilities like family obligations, children, the home. So as we're seeing changes, we're going to be seeing a lot of changes regarding social responsibility, family responsibility. What are you doing in your life regarding, I mean, for lack of a better term, getting your shit together. And I also want to preface by saying uh, I'm not a big follower of astrology. It's not that I keep up with, you know, all the signs. I have a friend, Bebechina, who posts uh, astrology readings. And so I definitely tune tune into those. But the reason I'm not a follower of astrology as a whole is I found that when I was learning about it, learning about the zodiac, learning about the signs, learning about what to do, you know, there was a lot of recommendations on how you should structure your life based on the faces of the moon, meaning you should be looking to completing projects towards full moons and starting projects, you know, during new moons. And you shouldn't be looking to start new things during a full moon and, and vice versa. You shouldn't be looking to end things when a new moon is in the sky. So I, I found that I was paying more attention to the sky, to the planets, to the cosmic bodies. And it got to the point where, you know, like there's those memes about people that say, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. Things are going to fall apart. That's why I'm a mess. It's like you start giving more importance to these external outside entities, planets, bodies, when they're really just supposed to be guides. And so because of that reason, I started just tuning into myself more because one thing you're going to notice, like as as I was talking about all these eclipses and the changes that are coming, you might have noticed, like if I said, hey, look, uh, during a lunar eclipse, like the one that just happened in the moon of Scorpio, there's a lot of changes regarding the shadow, meaning that with you've, you've repressed So you might be thinking, wow, you know, I've I've been dealing with a lot of, you know, childhood memories coming back, you know, maybe trauma coming back, maybe relate old relationships or people from your past coming back or whatever it is, you might notice like, it's like your body, your mind, your life will, will align with what the planets say, not in the sense that, oh, it's Mercury retrograde, that's why your computer at work froze, but more in the sense that I firmly believe that our bodies are so in tune with the world around us that when we listen to our bodies, when we listen to ourselves, we can essentially feel the energy and understand what's going on around us without having to know that, you know, Saturn is square or trying to a certain sign or that this certain planet is crossing, you know, you know, upon your, your first or second house at this time. You know, you know, it's going really in depth. But regardless, this is a year of picking up responsibilities and a lot of changes over what you have on your plate. And so this is a year of eclipses. Yes, we have them every year in, you know, some degree. But I feel like the fact that it's four, it's two and two, it's perfectly divided. The number two being, and I really want to focus on duality and polarity and the harmony between the two. And so as we've had conversations on duality, polarity, for those of you that have not listened to those episodes, I highly recommend it. But just to kind of recap. Duality is a principle of two where everything in our universe is essentially split into two factions. Our mind will try to rationalize it this way as well as we see night, day, tall, short, ugly, pretty, 
which leads into polarity. It's like whenever you look at anything, whether it's music, art, people, we will essentially split them into two extreme categories with, you know, other people kind of filling in between. But it's like we, t- we tend to focus on the extremes. You know, we have Democrats, we have Republicans, you're either pro-life or pro-choice. And right now, that's actually a very big topic with the overturning of Roe v. Wade and states being the main and principal voices in terms of whether they want to allow abortion or not. So polarity and duality go very, very well together. And so the reason why I, I focus on the two is what happens when we focus so much on the extremes. And we just have the two, we don't have the third to balance it. So in Hermeticism, astrology, in many different spiritual teachings, you have the father, the mother, and the holy child, or a polar good, a polar evil, and then that in between, right? The Jesus Christ figure, right? Jesus, uh, Joseph, and Mary. There's a lot of stories where you have this third figure that kind of balances things out. But without that third figure, with just the number two, when we have this lack of sense of balance... We essentially have the world we have today, the United States that we have today. It's chaotic. It's violent. It's aggressive. You have one opinion and I have the complete opposite opinion. Therefore, we can't get along. We are enemies. And with the the new moon in Taurus, the full moon in Scorpio, with this kind of coming back, not just to the self, but to the family. And, And we hear from elders all the time talking about the way family values have been compromised, changed, shame, how the family unit does not operate the way it used to. And you can blame social media, video games, the political climate, but for whatever it is, now families operate very differently. The father figure, the mother figure, uh, forgive me for these uh, gender-specific terms, but we're really talking about the masculine parent, the feminine parent. These roles are being challenged. They're, They're being... I don't want to say revise, but it's like people finding new ways to to fill these roles, change these roles, support these roles that add more dimension to them. While at the same time, PC culture, cancel culture has made, I don't know how to describe it, the old school parenting style. There used to be a lot of tough love. Now there's more emphasis on the emotional well-being of children to an extreme degree. So we, we just have this world that's out of whack. And this is me by no way defending the old structure. I'm very much on creating a new, that's my Aquarius moon. I'm very much on innovation, but we must first really understand and appreciate our tradition. And appreciating something does not mean the same as agreeing with it or val- or saying, wow, this is so important. We need to uphold it or remember it, but, or, but it's more so like we need to understand it. And so when we talk about the two, we're also talking about two genders, right? Why there's been so so much focus, so many laws around the man, woman, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in bathrooms, and why we are now deconstructing it. And this is, of course, a very complex issue because we have, for, for example, organisms like mushrooms that have over 20 like million, you know, genders and, and different ways of expressing sexuality. But we as humans... We're going to have people that are in, the, in two kind of camps. Again, polarity. You either believe that there's only two genders or you believe that there's an infinite amount. People can decide whatever they want. But then the problem becomes that let's say you're in the camp where you believe that people should choose a gender that they want or that they feel like. Uh, then suddenly you start giving more queer and trans people representation. 
Well, the other camp starts feeling threatened, says, well, now you're shoving it down our throat. So if you want to appease this camp of people who believe that there's only two genders and that's how you want to represent it in the media, well, suddenly now queer and trans folks are going to feel like, hey, why are you limiting us? Why are you hiding us? Why are you saying that who we are is not valid? This is where duality falls apart, and this is why our country has so many issues. We are so extreme in what we believe that suddenly there is no way to dialogue with the other side. So it's kind of like, if, you know, if we see American Idol or these talent show judging, that's why they have three judges. So that if, you know, there's a tiebreaker, it, you know, it's always two to one. And there's always a way to say, well, you know what? At least the majority had their way. That's why, in you know, in Congress, you need two thirds vote to remove a president from office. That's why you need 51 percent to pass a law. We're, in the United States, we can agree and we see that we can't please both sides. But as long as the majority gets their say and agrees, then suddenly it's OK. But that's not balance. But then those of us who are raised here start to believe, well, if the majority says this, then it must be right. This is why there is a lot of German people that didn't argue with concentration camps because the majority said it was right. This is why lynchings were commonplace in the South and America, because the majority said it was right and just. This is why Japanese Americans were put in internment concentration camps during World War II, because the majority said it was right. This is what polarity leads to, mob mentality. So why am I saying all this? Well, it's because this year you're going to get the chance to make peace with your mob mentality, with your pack mentality, with the ways you have compromised to appease the majority, whether that means you compromised yourself or you let a friend be compromised and you didn't speak up because the group was saying, hey, this is what's right. This is also where you're going to get the chance or we're going to get the chance to make peace with our problematic family members. Yes, family. There's a big theme of family this year because as as we've been growing, as we've been working on ourselves, and, and you know, we definitely see how at post-2016, there's it's just this acceleration of people awakening right coming to terms with the fact that they are spiritual beings having this human experience you know the first step is we you know we we, we cut off you know toxicity right we go st- focus on ourselves we heal ourselves but then it gets to the point where okay you know we've worked on ourselves we, we you know we have a rough understanding of who we are but now it's we got to deal with the external with the family with who we allow around us and at first, yes, we see a lot of cancel culture, you know, cut toxic family members. But now as we get older, as we mature, we realize, listen, the thing about family and the thing about the social contracts that we sign with people who we call family, even if those relationships are negative, there is a contract in place. There is a connection for a reason and a connection or a contract that must be fulfilled in some way, shape or form. Right. Like like leases, like contracts, you know, uh, for an apartment, for a house, whatever it is, you can extend the contract, you can terminate the contract, whatever it is, it must be fulfilled. And oftentimes, you know, and I've done this myself, I've just kind of cut off family members, no explanation, no nothing, you know, like it's like ghosting family members. And that's not the fulfillment of a contract. It did not get resolved. And we might say, well, it got resolved physically, but not spiritually. So during this year, we're going to see a a lot of opportunities to make amends. That's the year, 222, number six, the vibration of number six of harmony, mainly in the home with the full moon in Scorpio and the new moon in Taurus, those two last eclipses that just happened. A lot of changes in over what we are doing with our lives and who we are allowing around us and us closing the doors that need to be closed so that doors that we need to open can be opened. It's time to usher in the the evolution, the revolution. We are ascending. We are growing. Our growth cannot be impeded. So how have you been growing during this time? 
Me personally, I actually just got into stocks, investing, money management. Uh, for me, and this is what my friend Bechina told me after I did a psychic reading with them, it was, I'm, I was trying to manifest in a box. It's like I was trying to manifest all these blessings, but I believed that I was limited in certain capacities. So I was like, I was trying to manifest things, but very specifically to this limit, these limitations that I held as absolute truth for me. So then and look, looking about, you know, investing, what does it mean to grow money? Did you know that your money can grow itself? You know, if you leave your money in a bank, it's actually losing value because inflation goes up two to three percent every year, with the exception of the pandemic where everything closed down and inflation was purposefully dropped by the government. Did you know that the government purposefully raises the value of things, which, which is insane? It's like a candy bar this year is going to be worth, you know, one, two, three percent more next year. And it's the same candy bar, same formula made the exact same way. Chances are the workers that make it are going to be paid the exact same. So when I started learning about this, I was thinking about like, how often do we pray for a blessing? Do we pray for a miracle? And then it comes to us and we don't take care of it. We let it go to waste. How often do we pray for for abundance, right? And abundance mainly can come in the form of money. And so we get that money and we say, okay, perfect. I got this miracle, this blessing, this money that I've been praying for. And then we spend it, we squander it. Yeah, maybe we got what we needed, but we also start buying things that we didn't quite need. And maybe we just leave it in our bank. And at first we're like, okay, I'm going to save it. But then eventually we just kind of start spending it, whether it's on gas, on groceries. Maybe we we went out drinking. Maybe we really wanted food this one day. Have you noticed how the money in your bank just starts dwindling? The same happens to me. So I started thinking, how can I grow? How can I say, especially as an artist, artists are famous for squandering money. Like pro athletes, how many of them start off as millionaires, spend their, you know, their time just, you know, at clubs, flying to different cities, partying, you know, buying really expensive cars and then end up bankrupt. You know, as artists, sure, sometimes it could be difficult to find work, but then eventually we all get that opportunity for that big payday or those big paydays. So what are you willing to do when you get your blessing? And so during this time, I realized I don't just want to to protect it. I want to grow it. So I started looking into the stock market and investing because that is the way in this country to grow your finance. And you can get growth. I used to think that the stock market was all risk. And my mindset in the past was like, well, people that play the stock market, people that are totally wealthy are assholes, right? They're just people that are full of themselves. They don't really know what it's like to struggle. Then I, but, But if you think about it, At the same time that I'm trying to manifest this wealth, this abundance, I also have a very negative opinion of the people that have already done it, whether they were born into it or they grew it themselves. So then you realize why my manifestations aren't coming true. Like if you're trying to manifest money, you want to be wealthy, but then you judge wealthy people and and you say, oh, well, wealthy people don't do enough for society. Wealthy people. Wow. It's like they, you know, they're living in this money while I'm struggling and you start thinking about how you resent wealthy people. Well, how can you manifest and become that which you resent? And so I I used to also think, wow, the stock market is just all risk. You can lose all your money. And while that may be true, there is always risk. There's also ways to moderate your risk. And, you know, this isn't going to become a whole financial podcast episode, but I highly recommend you look into investment into stocks. If you're if you're someone that is interested in, in, in you know, getting your financial literacy game up, because that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I, I grew up in a family where thankfully we're not quite living paycheck to paycheck, but we're one bad month away from doing so. And then I, I realized, well, I, I don't even know what a retirement account is. You know, I don't know the difference between a 401k and a Roth, you know, 401k. I, I don't know what to tell my parents if they want to, like, you know, invest. I, I don't know where to direct people if, they, you know, they want to find out about home equity. You know, I, I, what is home equity? 
So during this year where we have four eclipses, we're going to see change happening all sporadically. A lot of these changes are about our, our harmony, our family. But most importantly, during these times where we've been going through anxiety, through, through pandemics, when we've been trying to manifest, find abundance, protect ourselves, the big question is, you've been praying for this blessing, for this abundance. What are you going to do to make sure that when you get it, you protect it. You don't waste it. You grow it. What are your plans? This year is that reality check. What are your contingency plans to make sure that you, your family will be solid, will be abundant, will be stable? That's what it's coming back down to. We got to make our decisions and stick with it. Own up to your mistakes. Own up to those decisions you make and, and follow through. Ask any boxing coach, that's the most important part of the punch, the follow through. That is where you draw your momentum, your power. That is, you got to follow through with what you do. And likewise, you might find out that, hey, you following through has been the big mistake all along and you need to completely cut some things out. I've also realized there are some habits, there are some things that I do that are no longer supporting me, that are hurting me. I need to cut them out. Like one of the big things is I, I got to cut smoking now because it's affecting my teeth health to the point where I could completely, you know, fuck up my teeth for the rest of my life if I keep on smoking cigarettes. And while I'm thankful that I, you know, was able to deal with my weed smoking habit, now I have this cigarette. It's not quite a habit. It's not like I do it all the time. But now I realized, hey, I got to fully cut it. You know, as a performer, I need my lungs. I need to be fresh. I need to be ready to perform if I get any opportunities. And now I'm also seeing, look, all this tar, you know, all this tartar and buildup, you know, and, and plaque that I got in my teeth. Well, that's caused by smoking. I need to go see a dentist. At the same time, hey, look at how I've been eating. I need to be, you know, forming healthier habits for my body. I don't have health insurance. I can't afford to get sick. I need to start taking care of myself and be seriously because, listen, I'm 26. My metabolism is only going to get slower as I get older. My body is going to recover slower and slower as I get older. If I start now protecting my body, taking care of my body, taking care of my finances, if I could make these strong habits now, then when I'm in my 30s, my 40s, my 50s, it will be second nature to protect my wealth, to protect my body, to take care of my teeth, to take care of my muscles, to take care of my joints. But to do that, it's going to take me rewiring my mind and my habits. And that is where the grind is. Like, at least for me, my personal path, the next 10 years, and this is what Betchina told me, my next 10 years are me grinding. It's not going to be easy. I can't let up. So that's the mountain I'm going to climb the next 10 years. Not just mastering myself, but protecting and growing myself. What's your mountain? What are you going to be focusing on? Where do you want to grow? Find your mountain and and trust that you will cross that mountain, that bridge when you need to just start walking. It doesn't matter what baby steps you take. If you want to learn how to lift, you know, do Olympic lifting, it starts with watching YouTube videos. It starts with you even just exercising, you maybe even buying a barbell. It doesn't matter. You take that first step. It's so easy to not do anything. It's so easy to stop. It's so easy to sit there. I could have been playing FIFA instead of recording this podcast episode, but I said, no, I got to post it this Sunday. You know, if, if, if I can't post because I'm sick or because an emergency happens, well, so be it. But if I say I'm going to post every other week, then I need to commit myself to it and I need to get down to business. It doesn't matter, you know, what happened. If I owe it, I owe it. 
excuses are so easy to come up with. Oh, there's I, so many. I didn't want to work out today, but I did. And in the past, if I didn't want to work out, I wouldn't push myself. But now I see the importance of working out. The way it helps my podcasting, the way it helps my performances, the, the longer I can go without <gasps> dying on, on my breaths now that I'm not smoking as much. When I started my podcast episode, uh, my, sorry, when I started my podcast, you know, years ago, I was smoking heavy. And I don't know if you can tell it in my lungs, but man, I would have to take breath breaks all the time. So don't be overwhelmed with this year. It's going to be okay. This shall pass. But I think that we have some beautiful opportunities to hold ourselves accountable to what we've been planning or wanting, what our desires have been. And I, I know we're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Everything always finds its way of working out. And I have just found that when we do our best, when we genuinely put an effort to what we want to do, whether or not we get that result we were hoping for or not, things always work out in a way where we can make peace with them. It's only when we slack off, when we do something half-assed, when we're scared, timid, you know, just want to dip our toe in the water, aren't actually committed to diving in. That's usually when we find ourselves unsatisfied. So whatever you're planning, go all the way. Trust yourself. Do it. Commit. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But most importantly, I believe in you. You are divine and beautiful. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you made it this far, please rate and review on iTunes, please. I haven't gotten a review in so long. It would greatly help the podcast growth. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram at The Spirits and Poetry. You can also follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Jorge Quintana Poetry. Much love to you all. Thank you for listening. Till next time.